we've known each other since we were teenagers, early teenagers, really. Uh, and uh, we've grown up together. We had um, a period of time where we didn't know each other quite as well as we do now. But for the last, um, what, 10 years? I think so. Uh, you know, we've been uh, on a mission trip together and a small group together. That's right. And we've seen a lot happen in our lives. And that's actually what we want to talk about today um, is... If we could go back and tell ourselves anything at like 29 and 30 years old about our, our mm. 30s, um, you know, things we got right. That's right. Things we got wrong, things that we wish we would go back and do over again. You know, it's such a formative age where you're kind of fleshing out a lot of your beliefs about money, about marriage, child about child training, all those things. What served us well, what worked, and what would be our advice to people who are about to hit? that decade. Oh, I love it. Love it. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, for me, I look at a lot of things in my life that I got right and wrong, but like, let's kind of take it out by topic. One of the things financially that I got right is my dad told me years ago as a teenager of the 80-20 rule, Mm -hmm. first 10% goes to God, next 10% goes to savings. 80% 80% you live off of, and the goal is to grow those margins. So right. get beyond tithe and start giving offerings. Get beyond just 10% for savings, um, but begin to, to really look at investing. And he said, you know, once those savings kind of accumulate, then from there look to where to invest and where to kind of put that, that money. I found that that served me well. Um, my only regret is not kind of taking those things further. And yep. then I made some mistakes with some of those investments of where <laughs> I put that, that 10% plus of in different savings and things like that. But what have you seen financially that, it, that served you well in, in your 30s um, or maybe you wish you would have done different there? Man, I think you hit it. The first thing you said with tithing. Uh, to me, and I know this is a church podcast, so tithing is probably one of those things that you, oh, you have to say, but... That was crucial to me. I, my parents started me off early tithing, whether it was mowing the yard or whatever the case case was. But building that where money didn't have you, and you know you had money, but you were making sure you gave to God. That to me is the base. If you have that off, everything else can be off as well. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to, uh, I would say starting now is one of the biggest things. I think so many people say, hey. I'll start this next year. I'm going to do this first, and then I'm going to get on that. Just going ahead and getting started. And I think you have to be saving. You have to be paying down debt. And if you look at the billionaires, there's a lot of millionaires, right? There's, I think there was like 4,000 new millionaires last year in the United States alone. But there's not 4,000 new millionaires. 4,000 new millionaires. Thank you. Yes. So the when you look at billionaires, 75% of them said their best piece of advice was to get out of debt and stay out of debt. Mm. And then also, if you look at billionaires, every single billionaire owns their own business. And I think that's interesting because there's a lot of millionaires, there's a lot of people who got the kind of lucky gene pool, you know, and and they've had different things, hit a lottery, whatever the case was, it was pure luck. Well, and then today, a million is not what it was 20 years ago. That's exactly right. So you got to look at the people, you know, where you want to be, right? And so I think looking at them, I think that's that's a big one. So Uh, get out of debt. Yep. Start your own business. Start your own business. Get out of debt. And and not for everyone, starting your own business might not be the best thing. Right. But if you look at the truly wealthy, that's one thing they did because of the tax breaks and incentives yeah. and all the different stuff. And I would tell someone, if you're really passionate about something, 
start when you're in your 20s, right? Yeah. And if starting something when you're 40s or 50s is a lot harder. Yes. You do not have the same energy right. that you do at 20 typically as you do in your 40s. Yeah, well, and I think one of those things that I was so thankful for in starting this 80-20 rule, um, I started that in, in honestly high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad would make me, you know, <laughs> we're just going to tie That's 10% right. and then we're going to put this in savings. We're going to build a savings account. And then from there, you can take that savings wherever you want to take it, whether it's a down payment on a home, paying off debt, putting in an investment. You know, now I would strongly suggest everyone get in a 401k, especially if there's a company right. match, 100%. Uh, you know, that type of thing. I think that's incredibly wise. Um, but I think one of the things that I hear from more, a lot of people is like, when I have more money, mm-hmm. then I'll tithe. That's when right. I'll have more money, then I'll save. When I have more money, then I'll invest. And we know life gets more expensive. <laughs> uh, and that's one thing I found in my 30s <laughs> is you think, well, I'll make more money. Well, you may make more money, that's but right. you're not making more money because right. your expenses rise. Kids are expensive. They are. Marriage is expensive. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so Life true. Life is expensive. So if you don't learn to live off 80% when you're making little uh, less money, you will never 100%. learn how to live off 80%. And I think that that keeps us in financial bondage. And and keeps us at that place. So in, in, in approaching 30, I want to look at, you know, getting out of debt, eliminating my debt, That's um, right. acting my wage. That's right. That's <laughs> you know, right. That type of thing. Um, anything else in that regard you think yeah, of? If somebody- I, you know, I think of Warren Buffett's number two guy. He said one of the things he was most proud of in his life was not moving the goalpost. And I didn't understand. I didn't get quite what he was saying at the beginning, but he said, you know, when we were in our 20s, we were just barely getting by. He said, I was in extra schooling. We weren't making anything. We got to our 30s. I started making some good money. He said, but we never continued to move that goalpost and our, our wants and our needs and the other things. Because when your income goes up, like you said, your one, expenses are going up for you yeah. too. Just inflation and everything else. But then two, your desires, right? And there's nothing wrong with having desires and, and, and meeting some of those wants and desires there. But if you take your whole income to meet those desires. Yep. Even though you're making more money, you're still at the same exact financial spot you were because your yep. expenses are so high. And so I think if you can keep those goalposts from moving in your life, that is another big thing that will be able to help kind of from a financial standpoint. I like that too. And one of the things that I think in terms of now that I didn't in my 20s, but I would strongly encourage people as they approach their 30s is to think in terms of security. Mm-hmm. If you get that vacation, but you so leveraged yourself financially mm-hmm. that it cost you security, it's going to stress you out. The stress of paying for that debt is going to last longer than the the five-day vacation and the joy that came from it. 100%. And so out of that, to think in terms of security, to think in terms of a manageable debt load, if, if I can't get out of debt completely, let me have a manageable debt load that does not stress me out every week, even if that does mean like the vacation may be three days versus five days That's right. or things like that. Because if I lose security financially and all I'm thinking about while I'm on vacation is how I'm <laughs> going to pay for this. That's right. Um, that's one of those things that I, it, it's just not worth it. No, and I'd say be tighter on yourself when you're in your 20s, right? Yeah. If you can be twi- tighter on yourself when you're younger, Things are going to get more expensive, as we said, but then also, too, you've built that discipline early. Yep. If you don't have that discipline early, it makes it that much harder in your 40s, 50s, yes. 60s, et cetera, 30s, whatever the case may be. Yeah. 
if you haven't put that discipline in because like, well, we were in our twenties, we went on these nice vacations. Why can't we do it now? We're making more money, yeah. right? Because then it's not just you moving the goalposts, right. your wife or your, right. your husband or your children. You they move, move goalposts. You move the bar up. You better not go back down. That's right. That's it. So start small, you know, so that's I like what I would it. say. I like it. Any other tips financially and things? I love that. Don't move the goalposts, you know, keep a, a strong level of living that's, that's manageable. Right. That as you grow, that, that things like that. Anything else you'd I say to say people? I would say two things I had a mentor tell me uh, a while back, and he said, never take financial risks that will sink the ship. So he said, it's okay if you could get a nick on your boat or maybe a small ho hole at the top. He said, but never do something that's going to put a hole you can't repair. Don't make that investment. Mm. That was a good one. Uh, he also told me, be careful of averages. He said, averages are dangerous. Mm. And I said, what do you mean by that? He said, you got to think about it. averages. A lot of times they're measuring the guy who's living under the bridge and they're measuring the billionaire. He said, that's not your typical average. He said, those averages will make you think, hey, the average American only has $400 set aside for an emergency. That's really not true for the average person. You know, and yep. if you take out the bottom and you take out the top. And he said, you got to be careful because you'll start thinking, hey, I got $600 set aside. I'm, I'm doing good. good. And so he said, be careful of averages. He also, the same guy told me, he said, uh, he said, don't get scared when the boat's rocking. And he was talking about political risk, economic risk, um, like we're seeing today, uh, interest rates going up and other things of that nature. Um, the boat will always rock. Yeah. Don't get scared and jump out. Yeah. Stay consistent. I like that. You know, that, you know, we've talked about this and me and you had experiences where like we saw like a fun way, like, oh, we can make quick money here with this investment or things like that. <laughs> and I would say with investments, and we talk about this all the time, <laughs> do not invest any money in things like that. Like I could, it could, it could take off quickly That's right. that you cannot afford to lose. That's right. Uh, and that type of thing. So it's okay to make some of those investments. That's it could right. be fun or, you know, that type of thing. But I know a whole bunch of people who got burned in crypto. I know a whole oh, bunch yeah. of people who got burned in some of these things where it's like it's a hot thing. That's right. Let me go buy GameStop now. And like <laughs> after like, they, they, you know, six six weeks after it got and then they lost money. So you never invest money in things like that. That would be something I'd tell myself as I right. go, that I cannot afford to lose. I've learned I am the worst day trader there is. <laughs> and you're very good and smart. At like, yeah, but I'm with you. It's like reading the market is not mine. No, and I, I would be cautious too. Like, I'm not, I, I, I have money in stocks, I have it in mutual yes. funds, index funds. I'm not saying anything bad there. But what I would say is the fundamentals that we've learned from 30, 40 years ago that the, the Buffets and the, and the Grams and the different ones like that have spoken about. They didn't have instant trading right. in those days. Right. They didn't have the emotions. They didn't have the the instant sale. Yep. I got scared. And so a lot of that stuff has changed. They had to go to a financial advisor or go to a planner to be able to make that decision. And because of all that, they were able to talk them out. They were able to put some reason, some rational back in there. We we don't have that nowadays. If I want to close an account tomorrow and pull all my money out, I can, and so can a thousand other yep. people. Just like we saw with the Silicon Valley Bank just yep. this past week, you know, billions and billions run on the bank in, in literally two days. Yep. I mean, decisions can happen and things can swing quick now. So uh, I do like from that standpoint, being more diversified from an index fund standpoint, different right. things like that, low cost, 
leveraged out where you never know what's going on in a boardroom or a decision that's getting made that could tank a stock tomorrow. Yep. So you're kind of a little bit more leveraged there. Now, and that would be something that like for sure I would tell myself going back then, I think for a lot of people is the, the power of a company retirement plan. Get mm -hmm. in it if it's available to That's you. That's right. A 401k or sometimes in the church world, it's a 403b. Yep. You know, those types of things. If there is that company match, it's a free dollar. Yes, that's right. It's a free dollar. Take money and put it in that and get a free dollar. 100% <laughs> return. If we sat here and played a game, it's like, I'm going to give you a dollar. That's right. And I put a dollar on the play, uh, to the table and then you put a dollar and be like, you keep mine. That's right. You would play that game all, all day. day long. All day. And we literally have companies that offer that to employees and they're like, ah, I'm not going to play the game. It's like, why would you not play that game? You put a dollar down. I put a dollar down. You keep my dollar. That's right. Like the only thing you have to do is put a dollar down. That's right. So I would go back and tell people if you have that, like immediately, you know, if you can take that to 10% of your income and you have that, take it. Like that's, that's right. you, it's a guaranteed dollar from that. And then after that, talk to a financial advisor. And one of the things that I really suggest is people talk fees there mm -hmm. because a lot of times <laughs> you get the wrong financial advisor, they will take the fees that's right. um, and put you in a program or a financial vehicle that they gives, make more money. Yeah, on. they yeah. make more money on. If you look at like the basic S&P, you know, 500 index, that's right. That's that's a fund that you go back and look out perform right. 20 years ago. It beats most mutual funds, things like that. I'm not saying put it in that fund no, and I that type it. of thing, but I'm saying like that's a simple fund that you can look at that'd be like, hey, if I'd have put a dollar in there 20 years ago, that's right. Um, it would have served me well versus some of these other vehicles. Financial advisors will kind of put people that's in. That's right. So there's there's things like that to kind of look at, but fees is really is important when you're looking at. That. It's 100. And Tony Robbins' book, Money, we both read that yeah. on that subject. Master the Game. Yeah, Master the Game. That was that was awesome. He really kind of hits that great. Uh, the best job of explaining if you want more information on that. But uh, you do have to be careful of those fees. You yeah. do have to be. I remember I had a guy years ago who came and talked to us on some 401k stuff. And he it suggested I move from this fund to this fund. And it went from like 0 0.025 to 2.45 expense fees. So, I mean, it was over, you know, yeah. 10 times more fees yeah. in what was getting charged there. And he had his thoughts on why he thought that fund was better. But at the same time, the market wins 96% of the time. So, you know, we all think we can do better. We all think we can guess better. But if you're winning 96% of the time and you're getting a dollar for dollar match, you got a 100% return plus yes. you're an investment vehicle that can win 96% of the time. Yeah. That, to me, that's a smart way to go. And I would say, don't stop there. Um, you know, obviously there's limits on, on 401ks yep. and 43Bs, et cetera. But, uh, you know, I think sometimes people maybe hit that match and say, oh, I'm, I'm maxed I'm out. You know, you're not done. You're, you're done with that vehicle, yep. right? And there's other vehicles, whether pre-tax, post-tax, whatever the case may be, that you can invest to kind of diversify to be able to make sure you got things good when you get to that retirement point. Yeah. Man, I like it. So. I like it. Well, let's just, you know, let's make this one just about money and then we'll okay. come back and do another one. All right. What other things do you see like with the financial arena that people need to be aware of now that you would tell a buddy or something like that regarding finances and, and budgeting or like any of those things that you think of like general money tips? Hmm. Um, well, if I had, you know, I think it's basic, right? Like I try to keep things simple. I've had to, uh, mentor mind tell me there's power in simplicity. 
And I think sometimes we can try to get so complex uh, that we forget that when we focus on one thing extremely hard, extreme, with passion, with focus, with energy, it's amazing the momentum that happens there. Yeah. And I've caught it in my own life for, for years, even into my 30s. I was, I'm going to put a little bit of this, I'm going to do a little of this, I'm going to do a little of that, I'm going to do a little of this, I'm going to spread it out. Well, yeah, I got 10 or 12 different investment vehicles, uh, you know, different types of things. But at the same time, it's so little that even if something happens in one of those, you don't feel it. it you don't feel it. And so I would say, you know, know what you're investing in, kind of invest what you know. For me, um, I get just a random example, but uh, I'm an insurance business, and so I know the insurance market. I believe in index funds, and it was several years ago when COVID hit, I was looking at it, and the insurance stocks all dropped like 75%. People were worried about the pandemic. Hey, is it going to hit the different things? And I was like, most of these companies are life and health type stuff. The government was coming in to do coverage there, so I invested in it because it was something I knew. It was spread out and invested in it and it doubled its return in six months yep. now that's not a, oh ryan you're so smart that's a you if you know your market if you know something invest in what you know that is a big thing i think that's a great point for so many people when they're looking at financial things is invest in what you know uh -huh. yeah. like if you don't know about real estate don't invest in it just because you went to one seminar on house flipping does not yeah. mean <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that's you're, right. you're going to be an expert that's and make right. a killing in this area <laughs> become an expert that's right um, in what you know. So if you know insurance, invest in insurance. If you know real estate, you know, you can read that market better. That's but right. Become knowledgeable in that because if not, you'll come at the, 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 the mercy of a predator oh, yeah. somewhere in that field, whether it's the market in and of itself or in real estate or things like that, um, where, you know, you get taken advantage of yep. and you, you see those things. So I think invest in what you know and become knowledgeable there. How do you think in terms of like multiple streams of income or, you know, I know we both believe that wealth is like when you have money working for you, that yeah, I'm not working right. for money, that money is working for me, that 100%. while I sleep, my money is working, generating more money. Um, and that type of thing. And I think that takes away that spirit of mammon of like, I've got to constantly That's work right. more. Um, the spirit of Pharaoh, of like right. you will work and you will work and you will work and you will work and you That's will right. work for this. And, and out of that, um, flipping that and being like, no, I want money to work for me. I don't That's want right. to work for money. In, in building like wealth in terms of like investment vehicles or multiple streams of income, things that are then making money, how do you think in terms of that? Do you aggressively look for multiple streams of income or do you just find those areas of expertise of like, I think that this area uh, is something that I am knowledgeable in and can generate more, more income or revenue? Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. I 100% agree with you. We don't want to be where we just work, 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 trying to get to that point. And, you know, I think even I believe in putting in money into retirement, but I think never trying to think of another way to be able to earn additional streams of income while you're working and just hoping that you have enough when you get to 65 and the market doesn't tank or something doesn't change. Yep. There's not a war. There's not big economic factors that have everything down. I think you need multiple things. And that's where I really think having your own business in some form or yeah. fashion. Even if it, even if you work a job oh, having yes. an own business. 100%. For the tax benefits tax alone. Tax benefits alone. That's exact. And plus, too, you know, we talk about retirement vehicles. When you own your own business, there's some other things you can do, right? And, uh, you know, we, you and I have talked about this recently. There's, there was a book came out by the Financial Samurai, Buy This, Not That. I learned something huge in there. If you have your own business, right, 
there's the there's the standard deduction, which I think in 2023 is like thirteen thousand eight hundred fifty dollars or somewhere along in those lines. Well, if you have kids and you want to start trying to help them, it's one of those things. If you own your own business, you can pay your kids to work, saying they can do some type of work, whether it's modeling, finances, helping with the the budgeting, or helping with the books or whatever the case may be. You can actually pay them. That gets deducted from your income. You've paid your kids thirteen thousand eight hundred fifty dollars. They're able to put some of that, like maybe up to six thousand sixty five hundred dollars, into a Roth IRA, which will help right. set them up for future planning. And then at the same time, they have extra money. Whether if you want to be able to use that money for them to be able to teach them budgeting and tithing and different expenses, maybe it's school, maybe it's college, maybe it's whatever the case may be. There's a lot of things like that that having your own business creates that yes. type of opportunities and that's where to me that that creates that freedom that creates that creativity and when you say hey i can make this money then i can pay it out to my kids who i'm going to be giving it to anyway in some form or fashion yep. and not get taxed on it yep. that's another one of those things like doubling your money a dollar for dollar yes and so it's a win on that front as well i really you know you mentioned because i really like that book by this by not that by sam how do you say his last name drugan i believe is yeah. how you say it yeah but <laughs> that would be a book we can end with this of like books that have helped us financially mm. i really like that book that's probably the last financial book that i i enjoyed that yep. just kind of you know helped me and he's got a great um um email the financial mm. samurai he does. we get a weekly email from that that's one that we both read uh, so buy this, not that. Money master the game. Tony right. Robbins. Um, Rich dead, poor dead Great is a, a you know old. Man, old you're hitting all the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else like that, or a book that may come to mind that you think kind of helped you, kind of um, you know take control of money. And yep. take, Robert Moore on the spiritual side. Robert Morris, the blessed life. Um, talks about that principle of giving is a wonderful book to kind yeah. of hit, hit it from a spiritual side. But any other books or podcasts or things like that? I would say to? for the for the person who's in that spot where it's like, hey, I got to get my money right, right? Like I got to figure something out. I'm in debt. I got credit card debt. I got this and that. Dave Ramsey's book, The Financial Peace University, is the best book in the world for someone yep. getting started, to yep. me at least. All the books you mentioned, whether it's the Financial Samurai book, whether it's the Master, the Mastering Money the Game, game. yeah, that's it. Uh, all those, the Rich Dad Poor Dad, all those are phenomenal books. There's a ton of other books you can find them. Yeah. Tons of resources out there, but if you read those three, you've got the gist of of what you need. I would be cautious um, again because the market's changed yeah. so much and technology's changed. Some of these books that were written 50 years ago, there's some great principles yes. in there, but the field, the goalposts have changed, yeah. the field's widened, the lines are different, yeah. and the it's rules, rules are different. So, it's new rules. Yeah, so I would say not be cautious of them, but be cautious of them, yeah. you know? And there's good advice, but there's also the, some things have changed from that standpoint. Yeah. So that would be my suggestion on that. I like it. Here's I like it. Out. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so you get Siri helping us out. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell y'all what y'all yeah, need to that's read. Right, that's right. It's smarter than us all. Right. Have you seen those programs now? It's like you can be like, create a rap song about Joel Sims. Oh, oh, like I, it's <laughs> crazy. They've even got SEO stuff now. Where, like you can write articles for your websites and all these wow. other type things. Give it a topic and within the, 20 seconds you got a 500 word article. It's like, oh my gosh. It's, it's like we would have had this in high school. Oh, it's just a dream. <laughs> Our school actually sent us an email of like uh, letting you know. Letting us know. Caution. And like 
like watch your kids because the school can't even tell. No, it's the kids writing it. It is. So yeah. I could tell probably yeah. with with me in high school. That's they right. could have told. Yeah. Like, no. If they'd had it before this and guy after. didn't write this. So. <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you next time. Until then, be blessed, and may you just see God do some wonderful things in your life.